Hello, my name is. Oh. Hello, my. <laughs> Hello. My name is Mrs. Mellon. And I'm Belief Mel. And we're here with episode 10 of How, How Married Are You? Today, we're going to pick up where we left off the last conversation. We were talking about race, and it got a little awkward, and Yvette was kind of talking about what she thought of where she lives, her surroundings, and all that stuff. So we are picking up from last conversation. Um, We're going to go ahead and play our words of affirmation real quick. What up? This is Jay Ruckers, and you're listening to How Married Are You? And these are words of affirmation. Yo, my name is Antoine Edmondson. I'm a dad, husband, hip-hop artist, and I love How Married Are You? I think uh, Belief and Mrs. Melanin are leading the way when it comes to uh, conversations surrounding marriage that are authentic, easy to apply to our lives, and just a great example for everybody out there who's married, young in the game, figuring this thing out, because I think sometimes it feels like we're the only one going through this in their podcast. Gosh, so many times I've been like, yo, that's me. Um, And it just helps me understand my wife's perspective a lot better and helps me improve on where I am as a husband. So shout out to them. Make sure you listen to all the episodes. All of them. All of them. And that was words of affirmation. Uh, Thank you guys so much for sending your reviews, your audible reviews, and letting us know how much you care. And if you want to do that, just go ahead on the Anchor app and press voice message, and you can send us a voice message. You can record it uh, in a quiet place, and I'd love to put it in the podcast. A big shout out to my buddy Donald, who's editing the podcast. And uh, also for Anchor supporters, Anchor supporters, if you have not supported us yet, you can support us right on Anchor, and you basically fund the podcast. We are getting some special things. We have an editor. He's expensive, I think. We're poor. We're not not rich. (laughs) But basically, like, there's some things we want to be able to pay him without stress right now that's coming out of our own pocket, getting some new equipment, um, funding that type of stuff. And I know you guys are going to appreciate the sound. I listened to uh, Let's Make Out with Gabe and Babe from YouTube and their podcast sounds so good. And it's just because they have a mic and we're using these laugh mics and it just sounds kind of tenty. So uh, if you want to support us, please do that in that way. And also send us your email address if you can. And we would love to send you the video version of this, which all our patrons get. So now we're going to do story time with the chocolate babies. And Yvette has a cool story. I don't know if it's cool. It's just a story that happened. Anyway, so the other day, so Glenn's been traveling a lot or whatever. The other day, the boys asked me to lift up the couch so that they could get something that went under the couch. And I was like, y'all know that couch is too heavy for me to pick up on my own. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to wait for your dad to get here. And Glenn was like, you know, across the country. So next thing I know, I hear this big clash. So I come downstairs and Raya Bo had a broom, had grabbed the broom from the kitchen so that, you know, if he carries the broom, it's not like he's like carrying it upright. He's carrying it you know, every which way and direction. So he had hit a glass and luckily the glass didn't break. It just knocked break. It just knocked over. But I was like, what are you doing with that? And he's like, I was going to lift up the couch. And I was like, show me how. (laughs) And so he like was going to take the broom and use it as a lever to like lift up the couch. And I was actually really impressed with that because I was like, I didn't even know he even 
knew the idea of a lover. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I was impressed. I thought it was cool. It is pretty cool. And the, but the, the room is plastic. <laughs> yeah, so it probably would have broke. It would have broke. <clears throat> but the, the, the sad part about this story is that I get home, and I had no idea that they've been asking for that thing under the couch for like a week. So <laughs> I get home, and I'm sitting on the couch, and then Theo's like, Dad, can you lift up the couch? And I was like, no. He's like, there's a Captain America sword under there. And I was like, bro, I'm not lifting up the couch right now. <laughs> and I was just like, I'll do it another day. Mm-hmm. And he had been already waiting. I felt so, so bad about that. Sorry, I should have told you. Okay, so um, let's pick up where we left off. So the question came up, like, how would I feel, how would we feel if our children dated outside the race? And I think we both kind of admitted that we'd have an initial like, whoa moment, but we- I wouldn't say whoa, I just kind of, I don't want it to be like, whoa, that is not cool. Come on, the look says whoa. Does the look say whoa, patrons? Cause y'all are here. Can we just, can, does the look say whoa? Y'all guys, you already always take Yvette's side, so whatever. They do not always take my side. They do. So anyway, we both were, we both had an initial reaction that kind of said it would throw us off a little bit, but we would be open to the idea. What? You're putting words in my mouth. I'm not saying they're open to the idea. That sounds like we're allowing them to do something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, open to the idea of a different race. Like, that sounds racist. Just say, just speak for yourself. I can say what I got to say for me. Basically, I started to talk about the fact that um, I just don't want my children to write off black people as a whole. Like, I want them to be attracted to a black woman or a black man. And so I want Theo and Raya to be attracted to a black woman and I want Anaya to be attracted to a black man. And so like right now I'm struggling with that because literally in our, like the thing I love about our community is that we are so diverse. Like in our community, whenever we're anywhere, there's so many different shades of brown, but we are the darkest shade of brown typically. Like our children specifically are the darkest shade of brown in their friend group. And so, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that they are starting to pick up on it. Oh, yeah. Like we've been having conversations about the fact that like, like our children have gone as far as saying, I wish I looked like. And so it's like that kind of stuff, it just makes my stomach churn a little bit and I can't help it. It's just how I feel. And so in my heart of hearts, as I'm seeing these conversations pop up and I'm seeing these feelings emerge and... Um, I'm not going to lie, as a woman, like as a black woman, having grown up the way that I did and in the different situations that I have, I think a lot about Anaya. And I think a lot about my boys too, but I think about Anaya and I'm like, I don't want it to get to a point where she starts to feel these things. There's just something about my girl that we have, I just, I'm just super concerned about that. And I don't know why, I don't know where it comes from. I do know where it comes from. It comes from me growing up as a black girl. Lately, I've been having this desire to move, to literally like pick up and move to a community where there are more people of color. And this stems from kind of our trip from t- to Texas. When we went to Texas, we were playing at a splash pad with the kids and I looked around and it wasn't just black kids there, but there was black kids there that um, I saw my kids interacting with and playing with and even just looking at. And I'm not gonna lie, I like, I think 
that they were looking at them in a way like, whoa, you look like me. And I, I don't want to put thoughts into their head, but I really do believe that that's how they were looking at them. And so my heart lately has been like, I'm willing to pick up and move so that my children can be in relationship with other black children their age. And Glenn's not all there with me. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I've just really been open to it. The other day I was looking at homes in Atlanta, Georgia. Yvette is always looking at homes. But I was looking in Atlanta, Georgia, and you know why I was looking in Atlanta, Georgia? Because there's a lot of black people there. There's a lot of black people there. I don't think I can do Texas, y'all. Mind you, I'm not moving, though. <laughs> like, I, I only reason I want to move is to have, like, a backyard and more land. And you know, you want to know something about, like, yeah, that too. But, like, you saw the homes we could get in Atlanta for very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Anyways, one of the things that um, I was thinking about, too, about my upbringing is the fact that, like, I didn't necessarily have a lot of, like, black people that were around, like, at school or in the different organizations that I was a part of. But I grew up in a black Baptist church. And so I was able to see, like, black professionals and um, I was able to see, like, black on black couples raising black children. Like I was able to see different aspects of the black community on Sunday mornings and Monday nights when we had youth group and Wednesdays at prayer meeting and you know, all the different things that were happening throughout the week. And so my children don't get to do that. Don't get to grow up with that because we go to a church that's, that's very diverse. And I think I can actually genuinely say it's diverse now. Diversity is equality across all. Okay. Okay, so basically, I don't know. I just, I feel like I want to be more intentional about the interactions that my children are having with other black children. And it's getting to the point where I will see a black woman married to a black man and they have children around the same age group as ours. And I'm like, we got to be their friend. I don't know nothing about them. I don't know who they are, but I'm like, I got to go be their friend. And so, I don't know, growing up in California, maybe it's just, it is what it is, but it's really, guys, it's eating me up. It's literally something that is, I think about it every day, at least once a day, probably more than that. Um, I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if it's right, but I want my children to be able to see some reflection of them. Like, I was even in church on Sunday. No, I wasn't in church. Yes, I was. I was at the meeting. The um, group one Sunday and I was like would it be wrong for me to start like a BSU <laughs> a black student union at our church or what could we call it a black um Christian union I don't know and that just sounds so but is there anything wrong with that like I remember when I was at the middle school and um I wanted to start the black student union at the school and they were like why do you need like why hmm. what's the purpose of it that was a rough, like that was something I fought for. And the reason I fought for it is because children needed a safe place to be able to talk about a lot of the things that were going on in society at that time with all the videos coming out with pr police brutality against black people yeah. and whatnot. And so um, I don't know. I feel like if it's important in the school setting and if I fought for it so hard there, why can't I fight for it for my own children? Like, why can't, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good, babe. I understand your issue. Um, and so for me, 
I'm trying to figure out, like, I grew in a predominantly black town, Randallstown in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, I wouldn't say that I had the greatest experience. Like, I guess I saw black professionals, but they were also like professionals. Like, I didn't have relationships with them, you know, like outside of um, until like, you know, 12, 11, you know, and I got to meet like my brother's grandfather is a is a pediatrician. And all his kids are like very like successful. Um, there was people, men and women here and there, but not too many people that I could actually touch and sit under, mm-hmm. um, or not people I actually wanted to. Like I didn't understand the value. I just was like, man, like I didn't really have a desire as much to be a professional, so I didn't really like res- like gravitate toward that. Mm-hmm. I think that since we are not around a lot of black people. We have to do a lot more work to find opportunities to make sure that they know how valued and how beautiful their skin is. Like, we have to be that identity. Now, I don't want to like be like, yo, we're beautiful, right? So you should marry black person, you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing like that. I just want to make sure that they understand that they don't have to adopt other beliefs about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a lot, has a lot to do with my Creators for Change project that you grow up in a place where you you see black men as something to be feared as a black man like i remember my my mom is young you know i have a young mother you know what i'm saying she looks young and so when i'd be like at the mall with my mom like dudes be trying to like press up on my mom as if like they was gonna steal my girl you know what i'm saying and i'm like i gotta fight a dude for trying to holler at my mom like this is dumb you know what i'm saying or like there's a lot of like poverty and like so, like, for me, I'm okay with living how, like, living where we live because I come from, like, a place that is so um, impoverished. And I know every place isn't like that, and there's a lot of place with, like, but honestly, I like being different. Like, I like being one of the few, not, not one of the few, but I like being a minority. You don't like being a minority? I don't mind it, but I think there's something about me now having children there's just something about me having children who are black that makes me want to just make sure that they know their value and that and their potential. I was just um, I follow someone on Instagram, Moments Matter. Shout out to you, and she was just getting on a plane to go to come back home to LA, and like she got super emotional, and I got emotional with her because. The pilot was black and he was like our age in his 30s, it looked like, or younger. Um, And I was like, that's just amazing. And so I just want to be in a place where my children get to see like, you can be a pilot, you can be a teacher, you can be a lawyer, a doctor, an entrepreneur. You could be whatever the heck you want to be. But I just want to make sure that we're putting those examples in front of them. Like my mom shares this story all the time about me when I was growing up, like I came home and I wanted to be a teacher, but I told her I don't think I could be a teacher because I never like never saw a black woman as a teacher. And so I was like, I can't be. And the crazy thing about that is that that's one of the main reasons that I like, that's one of the main things that kept me as a teacher for so long is because I felt like I was a role model to other black children in the school 
because I literally never had a black teacher in my whole schooling experience. And that was something that I did desire. I just want my children, I think there's something about being able to see a reflection of yourself in other people. And yeah, they can see the Jesus in other people or they can see the lively, bubbly, energetic, active, creative, whatever person and another person, but like seeing someone that looks like you. Cause look, think about it, babe. All of our friends, most of our friends, 90% of our friends are all interracial. And so like all of the kids that our kids are around all the time kind of look like a, they're kind of a lot of the same shade of brown. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so at some point, and I think it's already starting to happen, our children are feeling like, like, why don't we look like them? And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like we have the power and the opportunity to stand out, like, and be that. Because, okay, so for us, it's like, we are a black couple, mm -hmm. right? I'm a father, you're a mother. Mm -hmm. We're both trying our hardest in this, in this area. Some would say we're killing it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say we're killing it, but I'd say, <laughs> I, would say I would say we're doing, we're doing as good as we can and we probably could do better mm -hmm. right so that so say if we're at like 70 percent now or maybe 60 what if we put in 80 what if we got to about 80 percent and we just shined to our children because what do you mean when you say shined to our children because like how do you, how do you, how do you not go see black professionals when i'm a black professional and you're a black professional like this is only set like stage two of where we're at we still have like 10 more stages to go like, we are going to be traveling and going places. Africa, we're going to be there. Like, we're going to go outside of the country and see different things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And take them places. Like, I don't want to have to move to show them that there is... You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't want to do that. But I also don't want to make you feel like I don't care about yeah. the village and the representation. Like, I do care. I just know that... I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of them growing up and being like, man, because eventually everybody comes to the conclusion where they're kind of like, yo, I'm a black man. Like, it, it comes to you. You're kind of like, yo, like, hold on. Like, I am different. <laughs> like, I am literally different from everybody around me. And I feel like that. Even when I'm around other black men, I'm like, yo, I'm different. I'm not, I'm, I'm different. Mm. Mm. You know? And so for me... That is a type of like confidence that you really can't try to control that, that epiphany. That's very true. I, I can attest to that because I don't necessarily know that I understood I was black until, you know, I'd be in the situation in the classroom where the teeth, like they'd look to me for the black perspective mm. <laughs> on slavery or whatever the topic was. Like we could be reading a novel and they'd be like, what do you think, Yvette? I'm like, what mm. the heck? <clears throat> yeah. So you got to represent. I got to represent the whole culture. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, I'm sure you're tired of that because you grew up doing that like forever. Forever. And so for me, like back home, I was just another, you know what I'm saying? Like. And the crazy thing is too, I will admit to this, like when I do go to the East Coast and I'm like at a fast food restaurant or somewhere and I walk in and I see like in the back that it's like all black people, it is somewhat of a culture shock to me. Because, like, here, it's usually, you know, different. But um, in, in addition to this, <clears throat> I want to say, 
that what happens when we move and then the only black couple leaves from all the other? You know what I'm saying? Like what happens to, to the community then? To our community here? Yeah. We're still friends. Yeah, we're still friends. But I honestly feel like we've been in situations in our community that's like you need only you can talk about this. Speak your mind. I'm kind of over like being the one to educate everybody. But at the same time, I'm realizing that that just might be my place. And I don't want to say this out loud. And I don't want anyone that I know to listen to this and be like, oh, I won't ask her anything anymore. Because that's not necessarily my heart. Like, I definitely do want to um, be able to enlighten people so that they're more aware and they're less ignorant or naive. But I also want to protect my children from having that burden, from carrying that burden, especially at such a young age. This is something that is kind of like, uh, I've noticed this about you. Uh-oh. Yeah. You like to change a lot. I, I think you're going to try to move away. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen again. I don't want to move away and stay away. But I'm not trying to. I'm just not trying. I'm not out here like trying to be like, oh, well, what is this place like? Like, I know what it's like. I know what Atlanta's That's like. That's because you've traveled more than me. Yeah. And I'm just saying we ain't really missing nothing. Like, we got a good thing here. But for the sake of the children, like, what does that mean? I don't know. Because even when I see a black on black couple with children, you're always like, you would want to be their friend because they're black. And that's the daggone truth, y'all. Excuse me. Sometimes people look black and don't be black. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I do believe no matter where we live, our children are going to be fine. But I do just want them to be exposed. Yes, and I have no problem with that. And that's why we will travel. I love... I love being in Baltimore and going to the AFRAM and then seeing like so many black people, hair out, everybody's in yeah, red, black, and green. Like it's just. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, y'all. Like on some positive, like. Well, I'm even just talking about like women wearing their hair like yeah. out or like feel like every time you see someone with dreads, he gets super excited. Like, mom, they have hair like me. Like, he, he, it's like, it's things like that that I'm like, they really do value seeing themselves in other people. They do. And Theo does like the attention that he gets about his hair. He's like, oh, mom, did you hear them talking about my hair? <laughs> it's cute and all, but at the same time, I don't know, like, Raya, he's having some real issues, especially, like, you know, with his hair lately. His hair, and he was like... He's just a boy. He's, he's, Raya is, is an issue. I guess this is just uncharted territory, uncharted territory for me, because I've never had children before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you start to think on deeper levels, like yeah. things that you didn't think you'd care about, <clears throat> you care about. Yeah, mom, did you think about these things? Answer the question. Uh, Nathaniel brought up a good point. Mom, are you still here? Yeah, she's still here. Um, he, said, he said proximity. Is that it right there? Proximity is important. I'm concerned that my future children get to have peers who look like them so that having a black partner would be a natural option or thought, or thought for, them. for them. That's similar to how I feel. Maybe try a mom's group or kids activities at church that is predominantly black. Not saying leave your current church, maybe 
go to some of their kids' events. Oh, that's a good idea. Always being the black example is exhausting. I so feel you on this. Being different feels like a blessing at times, and other times it feels like a curse. We got black friends. We do have black. Black on black friends. We do have black on black friends. We have very, black. very we have one. One that pair. is in our. <laughs> one that is in our friend group. Yes. Now can't be just super picky now. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want black perspective, just have everybody. If you want black on black couples, then like we have some around. I, I do care about it all. But at the same time, I'm just big on like their story doesn't have, my story doesn't have to be theirs. And I don't want them adopting my fears or your fears. Facts. Because I feel like it's a fear. I don't think I would say it's a fear, right? It's more of a concern. And I don't want to operate in fear. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I just really don't know. And Have you told any of your friends? Yes. How did they react? I um I actually had one friend express to me how um because she's mixed herself she's half black and half I don't know if I would say white just a bunch of other things. We had a really good conversation in which it came out that she always felt like she's not good enough for her white friends or for her black friends and me saying that I wanted to take my kids into an environment with more black people kind of brought up some of those old issues that she was dealing with. And I never even really thought about that side of things, per se. Um, but... I feel like we have a good tribe. We have a wonderful tribe. And I'm not looking for another tribe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking for another group of people to, like, be around and then be busy. Yeah. Hey, I can't kick it with y'all. Because that's me. Mm -hmm. I'd rather neglect the people that I've already been neglecting. Because they're already used to it. How married are you? Are we done? When you how say how married are you, can I talk about sex? What would you say? <laughs> are you expecting me to read your mind? Because I'm not. You know what I'm going to say. Babe, how married are you? <laughs> I'm so married that yesterday, Yvette comes in the bathroom. She looks at the toilet paper. She goes, eight years. Eight years we've been married. <laughs> and you put the toilet paper on the wrong way. Now, this might have been the, maybe the second time I've done it in our entire... But I just didn't understand. She didn't understand. understand she said, happened. eight years, we've been married, and you put the toilet paper on. You know I don't like the toilet paper this way. Oh, my gosh. And then crawled into bed. And I said... You've been making pot roast and failing for years and every single time I've tasted it. And then she looked up on Facebook and I found out. Facebook reminded her of a post that she put up in 2012. It basically said, that's it. I give up. This is the last time I'm torturing my husband with my pot roast. She said, you've tried and failed several times and yes. it's the last time I'm going to do it in 2012. I did say that. It is 2018 and she still is trying and just won't give up. At this point, I don't even like pot roast and I won't even <laughs> taste it. I just can't do it to myself. You will taste the pot roast. More. Anymore, no, I can't I do it. You've wasted thing. so much money <laughs> over and over and over again. Babe, listen. You the tried to marinate it in the refrigerator what? after it was cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about... <laughs> It's going to marinate as a leftover. 
No, I thought they just just give up. (laughs) Give up. Babe, but listen, I did a really good job this last time and you were out of town and it all got eaten and I really feel bad. And so I'm going to make you another one. You had everybody on camera when they said if they liked it or not. And they were telling the truth. And but you, you know, had I them will on tell the camera. Th- no. <laughs> <laughs> they lie on camera. Even your dad might say a fib no, on camera. My dad's dad going to lie. 100% dad's going to lie. Babe, but listen, can I tell you something? I tell the truth about my own pyros. I know when my food's bad. You know I know when my food's bad. Come on. I tell the truth. But why do you keep trying? Because I made it happen. It was good. But you didn't know you were going to make it happen. I'm so married that I will not give up. No, babe. You don't get that one. That's mine. How married are you, babe? I'm so married that I will do what you won't, which is throw away your holy underwear. (laughs) You are just terrible. Wait, was that not good? I thought that was good. The world doesn't even know <laughs> that I have holy underwear. Gosh, man. I just toss it right in the trash can for you, babe. But I won't throw away your holy sweatpants. I'm so married that I throw away the weaves you used to have. In the- oh, my gosh. You threw away money. That is not a good marriage. <laughs> You're throwing away money by making a pot roast. <laughs> <laughs> So we both fail it. <laughs> I'm starving and you bald headed. <laughs> that's been our history. And that's, that's just how married, married we are. are.